Hello and welcome to another England Rugby Podcast with Auto Inside Line, brought to you this week by me, Vernon Kay. We really hope you've been enjoying Series 4 so far. We've started strong, but we've got another belter for you. Our guest is one of England's brightest sparks, and you won't hear a chat like this with him anywhere else. From being like down in the dumps to seeing Sharon, I was like, yes! Like, I was like, crazy, it was the best experience ever. And like, I don't know why, I told the kit man I wanted an XL shirt, I don't know why. And he was like, it's going to be too tight. I was like, nah, I like it tight. And then I remember looking back at the thing and I was like, oh my God, that's so bad. I think it was like a crop top. Like yeah, it, yeah, it? yeah. It's time to get to know England prop Kyle Sinclair. They need me to run out the water, I'll be running out the water as fast <laughs> as I can, you know what I mean? Like... I've just, I just, I just love it, mate. That's it. Yeah. I just love, I love being around the sport, and I, I just want to give other people the opportunity to find out what they love. As well as an in-depth chat with Kyle, you'll also be hearing from centre Manu Tuolangi, who reveals some of his guilty pleasures. Just the original digestive oh. biscuits with a cup of tea. I just can't. This is very dangerous. You know, only have one. Well, let's get straight to Kyle Sinclair now, who sat down for a chat with our man in camp, Mister Paul Bunker. We like to start at the start. Give us an idea of what Carl Sinclair was like as a young lad. When I'm saying young lad, young, young lad. What was it like growing up in your household? What was it like? <laughs> uh, yeah, just grew up with my mum. And yeah, I just had a, like, I have a really, really big family, but a lot of like kind of strong, independent black women. So, you know, everyone's very opinionated. And you kind of, <laughs> when you're the, kind of one of the only males in that household, you just kind of keep yourself to yourself because everything's kind of an argument. So you're just like, yep, yeah, whatever you need doing. So no, it was good. Very close to my mum, uh, very close to my aunties, my grandma, very close to my granddad who passed away when I was 16. So, you know, the tattoos I've got on my arm, yep. that's like all based around my granddad and stuff. So grew up in South London, Tooton, Mitcham kind of area. Wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad. I was quite lucky. I had a good, you know, some really, really good people around me who wanted to see me do well and always kind of kept me away from trouble. I don't want to liken my story to yours, but I'm yeah. up in a city. There is always opportunity to go off the rails a bit. Yeah, was, easy, yeah. Was that in front of you at times? Yeah, you loads of times. very disciplined. Yeah, loads of times, loads of times. Loads of times. I was quite lucky because my mum's strict. You know, she works for the police and, you know, she figured out, I think it was like a 16-minute walk from by the time school finished to to my house and if I wasn't home at say like 3.20 she'd be <laughs> I'd have to there'd be some serious questions asked and I'd be in a lot of trouble so I think the the, the, the greatest thing is just that I found not just rugby but just sport really like mm. I think that's the thing that I would love to kind of preach to to young kids is just just playing sport you know I was very active I loved loved football played cricket you know obviously the men's just won the cricket world cup I, I was unbelievable obviously played rugby did karate, did kickboxing. Yeah, just like kind of threw myself at anything and everything kind of sporting wise. Played tennis, was rubbish, didn't play it again. So, there's still hope, mate. Yeah. Hope. You're, you're, you're elite sport. I'll be honest, the physique's probably not letting yeah, yourself. Yeah, I know, I'll probably have to lose a couple know, of stone. Exactly. So, I think that's the main thing. Like, I think you just throw yourself at a load of different sports and then you never know, like, if you pick whichever sport you choose, a lot of the skills you learn from other sports kind of translate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel especially in the London area at the moment, there's a lot of kids who, you know, there's a lot of crime, but I think the reason for that crime is because they're just generally bored. Like, yeah. They haven't got anything to do, you know? No. Whereas if they had like a local sports club that was pushing for them and kind of, you know, 
really wanted them to just, you know, find sport and do everything they can and kind of just make sure they're doing everything with their time instead of just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And it, you know what it's like when you're 13 to 16, you're just sitting around doing nothing. You're always going to kind of try and find trouble, you mm. know, and try and get you that thrill of excitement and get that excitement. Yeah. Yourself, so yeah. I think, I think that's something probably in my next chapter in my life I'd look to try and do is, is maybe set up a foundation and, and help kids back from where I'm from and in the London area and kind of use sport as a driver because I think it's so powerful, not just rugby, but just any sport really, yeah. like anything anyone's really passionate about, you know. Particularly young blokes as well, yeah. at that age of, you know, 13, sat around street corners and a bit yeah. bored. Like you say, if you can actually give them a bit of a, a framework and say, look, come down and you do yeah. something with your time. I definitely agree. And I think the biggest thing that I look back on my short story is like I was given the opportunity and I, I, I'm kind of passionate and, and giving those guys that kind of opportunity just to say they had that chance to showcase their talents and, you know, try and reach their potential. And like you said, they could, you know, wind up liking another sport, which they don't become great at, but they learn a skill which then helps them on in later life. So mm. I think, you know, as um, sportsmen and women, we kind of have to use our platform to kind of preach what we're passionate well, about. So. No doubt, you know, and the youngsters in communities that can relate to you as well yeah. and your story and I've got no doubts that that would be so successful when you do that we look forward to the next chapter we wind it back a little bit give me an idea of Kyle Sinclair if we could sort of you know walk into your bedroom age eight years old maybe yeah. look at your bedspread look at the posters on the wall yeah. listen to the music that's on your CD player give us an, give us a sort of picture of what we're going to be looking feeling seeing smelling in that room okay so you walk in to the left there's a bed I think it was a single at the time posters of dinosaurs I'm pretty sure can't remember which ones and I had hamsters so I, oh. I, I had like I think I had two hamsters um, but then we had to separate them because they kept fighting and I just had loads of toys like I just was you know into my football making cars or whatnot you know just like general just yeah. loads of toys everywhere and I was because it was only me and my mum I was quite sport as a kid in terms of like she would always kind of get me things that I, I wanted and try and you know show her love and appreciation through that which was quite nice but in the same breath she's like she's crazy yeah like, you know, the, if you cross the line like yeah i, don't, I can imagine yeah young boys need someone yeah in their life to keep them straight i mean you yeah. know as a parent yourself you've got boys they'll push you to the limit and yeah if you, if you don't watch that limit they'll just go so with your mum now yeah when you run out of twickenham and stuff like that it must almost have you welling up than how much that woman's given and helped you out yeah i think the definitely the first time like you know your first couple of caps your first start very proud moment for your family and any and just anyone who kind of contributed to to the success so far but I think the best players not just in rugby but in any sport it's like okay I'm here I need to get better what can mm. I do to improve how do I want to you know I don't want to just get five or six appearances I want I want more and I think that's kind of where my focus is, is I don't want to kind of stop and be like oh my god this is so great mm. and then I f five minutes later that's it <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. but I think there is a balance as well like you don't want to be pushing 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 so much um, especially with all the, you know, the mental health stuff are, are about at the moment. I feel it, it is because of the pressure that players and sports men and women put on themselves, you know, to try and be the best, be better, good's never good enough. Like, mm. I think there's a there's definitely got to be a balance where you kind of do sit back and look like, well, you know, I, I've, achieved, I've achieved a lot, you know, mm. like, and kind of just take a little mental note of it and pat yourself on the back and go again. And I feel... In today's society, it's just like everyone wants to be the best, and you see all the, mm. you know, the YouTube videos of the training, and you want to be like this guy, and you know, just the way the society is. But I think sometimes it's like it's not bad to just give yourself a tap on the back and just say, you know, well done, mm. you know, let's let's keep going, kind of thing, instead of always 
putting yourself down, you know, it's not good enough, it's never good enough. Cause... How do you mentally keep a lid on it? You know, massively successful sportsman, playing for Quinns, playing for England. You could go out and go a bit crazy with it all. How do, how do you keep a lid on that? And mentally, how do you decompress? I'll say I'm a very private guy. I think, if I'm being honest, I, I like to have a small circle around me. And I think that's very, I think as you get older, as you'd know, like, there's only a few people that you can say are your true friends um, and only time will tell with that and I had to learn some some harsh lessons when I was younger and you know I just I just like being around my friends really I can only really count them on one hand but just being around my boys chilling out guys who kind of don't really have anything don't even really know about rugby they know I play rugby and they're proud of me but they don't really know anything about rugby but for me it's just my dog like Whenever I get home, my dog runs in. <laughs> I walk in and he's just going crazy. He loves his walks. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They're, they're just they're, they're the best animals. I feel like they, he can. He knows when I'm happy. He knows when I'm sad. It's just weird, like the connection we've got. And I had him since he was eight weeks old, and I literally like, raised him like he's my child. Like he knows everything that I want. You know, like he just he doesn't listen to anyone else apart from me, which I love. So um, it's just kind of understanding it is a sport sometimes as well mm. like and that's coming from me I'd say I'm probably up there with you know someone who's I'd would, I would like to say I'm very professional and you know I, I love the game and I'm passionate and it is my life but then if you take it so personal all the time you're gonna <laughs> yeah I'm gonna yeah. end up having no hair like you <laughs> <laughs> and I like my face you know yeah, I don't, good, man. Yeah, yeah, good. I'll wish I'll wish <laughs> so I think that's the main thing like as you get older you kind of you don't take things too personal find what you like to do like I've got a big interest in like property and property development um and I spoke to you about my foundation earlier that I'm looking mm. to set up hopefully um the back end to, of this year and just trying to give back to people where I'm from really and just trying to represent where I'm from that's Brilliant. the main thing for me it's right, nice humility mate I mean that's rugby's all about right yeah. the sport's about being humble and, and keeping it quite real talk about a little bit about the early rugby journey um because football was your thing right yeah and you kind of didn't you have aspirations and dreams to play yeah. professional football yeah no I, I played football um I, I, like it was a decent standard, but I never would have made it at all. Like way too mm. fat and slow. <laughs> you have strength in other yeah, areas, yeah, mate, exactly. Mate. There, so, there's not there's not many footballers at a bench in the sort yeah, of weight. You're, yeah, exactly. You know, so like, but I just ended up getting frustrated with it, and I just told my mum one day I didn't want to play it. You know, I didn't want to mm. go and I think we represented Wandsworth at the time, um, which was a big deal back when we were. Back when we were in secondary school, it was kind of the best players from that area and all the local schools. And I went to represent Wandsworth. I went to represent South London, which a load of Premier League players have done. Um, and I just hated it. I hated kind of like I couldn't use my, like, I'm not going to run around you, but I couldn't, you know, use my strength yeah, anytime time yeah, I'd yeah, yeah. do anything. It would, I'd be getting, well, similar to it is now. I'd be getting sent off and stuff. <laughs> um, so I kind of stopped. And then my mum was speaking to a friend and just said, she said, you know, bring Carl down to the local rugby club. And I just loved it. From the first day I, I picked up a rugby ball, that was it. I just fell in love and played my first training session or whatever that was it I was like I'm a rugby player that's what I want to be I want to be a rugby player there's nothing else you know because mm. I knew that was what I was that was it that no one would stop me and yeah. I would just be committed to to doing that you know so and tell us your journey there from literally first at, at um, the Ironsides all the yeah. way through then to age grade kind of, yeah. kind of moving up division was it Quinns that you caught yeah well like it was Quinn? a weird one like Colin Osborne he was watching his son who Colin Osborne's like a Carla Quinn's legend he's brought through Mike Brown, myself, Chris Robshaw, uh, Jordan Turner-Hall, Ugo, um, George Robson, George Lowe, li literally everyone 
that you associate Harle- Harlequins with, he's had an um, impact on. And he was just watching his son on a Sunday. And he was watching and I was playing. I was playing fullback at the time. And I don't even think Harlequins had an academy mm. for my age at the time. But he kind of took a punt on me. And I went down to the local, what was it? I think it was like Eshaw or Rygate, um, which was actually quite far for me. And I was training with like 16, 17 year olds. And at the time I was a, a centre. Mm. And I went to, we warmed up and he was like, okay, backs go wherever, forward, stay here. And I went to run off and he was like, nah, you're a prop now. I was like, what? <laughs> like, and that was it. Like, I didn't, that was it. So, no discussion. And that's yeah. the hell of a step, you know. It's not like you kind of moved from centre to playing the back row yeah. or back row, even move up to second row. I mean, to go from playing centre fullback to playing tight head, I mean, yeah. physically, we, I don't know what condition you were in then, but were you able to make that step quite seriously? Yeah, easy, yeah. Oh, really? Strength's never really been, strength's never been I my believe problem. That. I'm it's looking just, at you. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably more like the fitness side of it is right. the, always my biggest work-ons. Um, but yeah, I didn't find it too hard, like at that like that level, yeah, like okay. schoolboy and playing on a Sunday. But then as you, you know, sign professionally and stuff and you play in the, in the lower leagues, you're like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh, it's different gravy, you know, like just the set piece and then you learn each week and you kind of learn from your bad experiences more than you learn from your good ones. And then you just fo- like figure out kind of what works for you, really. And you kind of... You've got to learn quick up there, mate, yeah. as well, playing in the front row because you, nobody's going to afford you the time. To yeah, go, exactly. Yeah, in, exactly. But I was, I was quite fortunate. I had a good base and good people around me at Quinn's. You know, Tony Diprose at the time was heading up the academy and he just you know, sent me on loan for two years, which I needed. First year was at Richmond, which I loved. We got promoted into National One. Um, and then second year was with Isha. Um, and then a few injuries happened. It was just like next man up. And then I just kind of never looked back since. I've just always been in and amongst kind of the first team. When we see you playing for England in particular, when you've got the ball in your hands, you look really comfy. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, tight heads, loose heads. You don't, I mean, Mako, again, looks very comfy with the yeah. ball in your hands. Clearly, that that's, is a translation, surely, from your days of playing yeah. centre fullback. And that, how, how much do you enjoy having the ball in your hands and actually trying to make space and step and set people up? Yeah, no, I feel like my biggest thing, and that's what I said earlier, is just about like throwing yourself at any especially when you're younger just throwing yourself at every sport Mm. like I kind of use skills that I learned from playing football that I can use in rugby you know and things that I learned playing cricket that I can use like for rugby and it's weird like how they kind of translate and it'll probably be pretty difficult to explain but I just feel like that me just kind of playing loads of different sports helped me in rugby and definitely playing in the backs I think you just got to work hard at it. Like, and it was something I always enjoyed. Like, I always, I could, if I didn't go, if I went through a game and I only touched the ball one or two times, like, that's what's the point? Like, for me, I was like, why am I even? Yeah. Like, I want the ball in my hands. I want to, I, I, I want to, you know, influence the game kind of thing. Mm. I always, I always never got that. You know, guys who don't touch the ball and stuff like that, or don't get any carries or any yeah. tackles. Like I was just like, what, what have we done? Like <laughs> you yeah, know, like, the old school of I suppose yeah. the front row players. That you know, initially, I, I remember a prop saying to me years ago, is you know, kind of we, the ball got kicked off the pitch, and so I'm well, going to get the boys. So what do we want the ball for? Was yeah, just carry on with the game. <laughs> yeah, you didn't yeah. even need it. But yeah. you know, your of a and the, your skill and the likes of Mako, you look to me like a player, and I, you know, we can see it for England that when you got the ball in your hands, you get half a yard use your speed and I see your eyes sort of open up I think you, you, you've still got that sort of centre in you have you yeah you? well yeah he's stuck in behind the, he's stuck in he's stuck in me somewhere <laughs> <trying to> <laughs> yeah no and I think like 
you just got to just find what works for you. And mm. like my way is not the right way. It's just kind of what, just what I like doing, you know, yeah. someone like Coley's a probably a totally different player to me, but you know, I think he's got like 88 caps or something like yeah. that. So he must be doing something right yeah, yeah. for me, focusing what you're good at and like keep doing the stuff you're good at, because obviously you always kind of get told in life, not just sport, you know, you're not good at this, you're not good at that. And it's like, well, I must be good at something, you yeah. know, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's probably focusing on your strengths as well, mm. probably more than your weaknesses, you know, so that's kind of what I like to do. Yeah. Really quickly on your development, you know, when I see Carl Sinclair play rugby, you know, I'm not blowing smoke here, but you, you're one of the best tight ends in the world, you're close there or thereabouts. How much are you still developing and learning on a daily basis? I know you, yeah, in, in Eddie's squad, you're surrounded by some exceptional coaches with Borthwick and, and Neil and that. But how much would you say you're still developing? And I think you, you're always learning, right? You're yeah. always learning. And yeah, growing. 100%. Yeah, I think, like, for me, I've, obviously it's nice to hear that. But, like, I, my mindset's like I'm still you know, third choice, fourth choice. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. that's that's kind of my mindset. And like I think you can always learn, just mm. learn from your mistakes, learn from, okay, training went well today. Why did it go well? Okay, I did this, this, this. Okay, let's do that again tomorrow instead of not training well. You kind of figure out as you go along what works for you and it doesn't work for everyone else. What mm. works for me, what, you know, my nutrition-wise, um, psychology wise you know having mm. the right people around you you know you, as you get older you, you you learn about your your the weights and stuff you you need to lift and what you need to do to get yourself ready so I, i'm always evolving i'm i just want to i just want to just get better really i just mm. don't want to be standing still i'm always looking okay this went well last year why did it go well okay so they probably expect me to do this i need to kind of change it up this year or you know, just yeah. just mix mix things up, and I think you just got to keep evolving because the game's just changing all the time. Mm. Like the laws are changing, the game's changing. So if you don't evolve with the game, then you know you're going to be jobless. And I, <laughs> I think, <laughs> we don't want that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, that. exactly. So I tell you what, on a scale of zero, the poor Kyle Sinclair, and ten is the very, very best Kyle Sinclair, the best you're ever going to be in your life. Where would you say you are on that sliding scale with regards to your? technique fitness if you had to yeah. give us one number where do you feel you are on your own development on that scale would you say well they say like props age like fine wine don't they so mm. 26 i feel about 56 <laughs> um i'd say four or five yeah like, a lot I've, more to come yeah there's a lot, there's more, a to lot more to come i feel and like you look at someone like you just said like dan cole he's ever since i've watched england he's been the the, the guy the guy number three mm. dan cole phil vickery and it's not about just having one good season it's about years and years and years and years of consistency it's mm. not about just having because anyone could just have a good season it's about actually doing it backing it up backing it up you know even though you're a target and they know you know what you do it's actually still finding a way to perform and win so for me like okay last year was a good year personally for me but you know, like Quinns, we just missed out on the playoffs in England. We we lost to New Zealand, and we should have won a you know a grand slam. Uh, so we still got loads, loads, loads more to improve on. And I feel like the biggest thing for me is just being consistent week in, week out, having a, a good game, and kind of staying out of the headlines. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Curry, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. We'll be back with Kyle very soon, but first, England powerhouse Manu Tuolangi reveals some of his guilty pleasures. He's joined by England teammates Joe Cockenasinger and Lewis Ludlam. Old-wise, it'll have to be um, just the original digested 
Oh. Biscuits with cup of tea. With custard. I just can't. This is very dangerous. You know, only have one. Yeah. I used to live with my mate Ryan and Law. And my mate Ryan is very, you know, strict, very professional. And we have dinner and then time for biscuits and tea. You'll get three out. Here's your three. Here's your three and you'll put it away. Genuinely. No more. No more. Yeah, I'll go for like a whole packet. Like yeah, yeah that's why it's dangerous. And music. I quite like uh, Celine Dion. Oh, yes. Um, like the, the Titanic song. Um, I like um, Whitney Houston. I will always love you, Joe. <laughs> Television shows. Oh, actually, <laughs> I watch um, Holmes Under the Hammer. Under the Hammer. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, on your, sometimes you put the telly on, that's on, I just watch it. I just applied to go on Bargain Hunt about... Five months ago. That is brilliant. I got called back and obviously couldn't make it. Are you going to go? I can't make it, so they just said they're going to give me a call back. Are they going to message Eddie? Tell it after. Yeah, I said that. After. So that next year you'll see me. I love Bargain Hunt. What was your, like, strategy going Um, in? I'm going for a real expensive one item. Yeah, okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Mm. Bargain Hunt. There you go. You can't say we don't bring you exclusive content on this podcast. Time now to check in back with Paul and Kyle Sinclair. Tell us about um, sort of your relationship with the other guys in the front row. Clearly, Joe yeah. Coins is with you as well. I know you're good mates with Genji as well. Yeah. But there'll be people who don't know much about playing in the front row who won't understand the sort of kind of brotherhood. It's very unique. It's kind of like a like you said, kind of like a brotherhood, fraternity, whatever you want to call it. It's because mm. no one else apart from that person knows what you're going through, you know? Like, mm. it's it's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's it's hard, hard work. And, like, I think when they're looking at a prop, they're like, okay, who's the weirdest dude and who's the fattest dude? All right, sweet, he's going to be a prop. And then they kind of <laughs> let it be because everyone's so weird, like, you know? But it's good. It's kind of just like just like the madhouse, really. Like, yeah. especially when, you know, at Quinn's, you've got Joe... You got Nick Horterak, who's just like very weird, but I like him a lot. Mm. Lewis Boyce, who's now moved on to Bath, good guy. I think he's gonna do well. Lammy, um, Lammy yeah. Cole, who's just like loves meat and just eating all the time. <laughs> like you know, Swaino's a legend. Phil Swainston, Joshua Benokwe's moved to Saris. Like you yeah, know, um, who wants to be normal? You know, yeah, what exactly. I mean? Yeah, no, no, if you're a normal person, who wants who wants to live yeah, a normal yeah, life? Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's yeah. that's what it's about, and like. For me, I'd say someone that I'm pretty close with is Genji. Mm. Like, we come from pretty similar backgrounds and we can kind of, like, relate to each other and, like, when we're struggling. Because, obviously, if we're being real with, you know, like, rugby's probably not... It's not a kind of lower-class sport, you know, and we're kind of... We're kind of from that kind of area. So it's nice to have a guy who kind of been through the same upbringing as myself Mm. and who's doing really, really well. And it's good to kind of just get some some feedback off him sometimes. And like I kind of look at him as like my little brother and just don't want him to make the same mistakes I made really. Like I've done some stupid things and I just want him to do really, really well. And sometimes I want him to do better than I'd want, you know, like when I watch him play and stuff, like we started against Italy and like I loved it, like I loved playing with him, and then um, that was a good result. And then the Scotland game, obviously, 
great 40 minutes and then we let our foot off the gas and it was just a great experience and it feels even kind of weird playing against him but it's weird because when I even though I love him like when I play against him it's like he's the same as well like we want to go for each other do you know what I mean like there's no holding back and I think that's that's what I do love about rugby is like we can be like the best of mates off the field but as soon as we're on the field like that's it you know it's every man for Mm themselves and then once that's done then we're best mates again there's no holding grudges there's no you did this you did that you have a beer, you, you have a love. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the way it should be, you know. That's the way it should be. But yeah, he's a good, he's a very good guy, man. Like, I get along with him really well. And I think it's just probably, we're very similar, like, in terms of background and stuff that we've had to deal with in our lives, really. I imagine, you know, he's a guy that you could chat to him afterwards and he can kind of yeah. be honest with you, be straight here, tell you. Yeah, well, that's what you need. Right. you need. You don't... I try and give advice to, to younger guys coming up now. It's just like, don't surround yourself with people who are going to tell you what you want to hear. You know, mm-hmm. you need people when you're here who are going to say, look, you messed up, you know, or this isn't good enough or that's not good enough. And um, it probably took me a while to get those kind of people in my ear because I, it's natural. You want people to say, oh, Bunch, you know, you're doing so well. You know, it's great. Like mm-hmm. that podcast you did was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, okay, great, but if it's actually not good, you need someone to tell you and say, okay, I think you could have done this differently. How about you do this? And you're like, okay, I'm always evolving. I'm always learning. And I feel you need people. If people do have your best interests and are your your mates, they would kind of tell you how it is and just just be honest with you. So that's why I kind of really have a small kind of circle around me and just have like real, real people who kind of just tell me how it is because I think that's how you keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. Let's talk, just wind the clock back on the rugby a bit. Tell us about your sort of debut, getting that call from Eddie. Okay, Going to get yeah. your first start as well. Do you remember where you were when you got the call? Well, the, the, this, this is the thing, like, there's no call. If Eddie calls, you're not in the squad. Right, okay. So, so it was the autumn. I didn't get into, like, the pre-training camp autumn squad. And then you go back to your club for, like, a few games. So I got a call there and he basically said I wasn't in. I was like, okay. And then I remember he came down to watch Quinns versus Northampton and I was fired up. Like, I was so, so, I was so up for it. I knew he was coming to the game. Like, he messaged me like, mate, I'm coming to the game on Saturday. This was like (laughs) Sunday night. I was like, I'm fired up, like literally all day. And then I had a good game. We won and ended up getting man of the match. That was like my first man of the match. I was like, whoa, sweet. And then the squad announcement was the week after that. But then Eddie didn't call me. So I was in the squad. Ended up getting, I think it was like five, eight minutes off the bench against South mm. Africa. And then played the whole of that autumn, played the whole of that um, Six, Six Nations, Nations like yeah. off the bench. Tried my best and then I ended up playing for the Lions, which was crazy. Like, I had no idea that was like the most surreal experience it's ever. Ultimate, ultimate yeah. accolade. Do you remember the, when you came on, people listened to this myself, we're never going to know. Well, yeah. I'm 46, I'm probably giving up on the rugby yeah, team. Yeah. Uh, we're never going to know what it's like to get selected to run out at yeah. when you get the call to go on even if you come off the bench I know you want to start yeah. but can you give us an idea for you when you actually got kind of the nudge you got it in the ear get stripped get warmed up get ready you're yeah going well on. basically we were we South Africa at the time was struggling and we I think we killed him I remember we scored a try in like the first minute I remember Billy out the back pass to Marland who passed it I think Johnny scored in the corner and we were up by like 30 odd points which is huge obviously against South Africa mm. 
And I was like, all right, he's, we're winning. Like, he's going to get me on early here. Like, sweet, <laughs> sweet clock. You look at the clock, it's like, okay, it's 20 minutes left. Like, all right, you're looking, you're like, come on, come Trying on. Trying to catch his eye. Yeah, yeah. But you speak to, like, the, the conditioners and stuff and team manager who's got the, the mic. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I was like, come on, come on, get me on, get me on. He was like, no, nothing yet from Eddie. And I could just see it getting down and down and down. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then literally it was like from being, like, down in the dumps to sink Sharon I was like yes like, I was like crazy it was the best experience ever and I like remember running out and like I don't know why I told the the kit man I wanted an XL shirt I don't know why and he was like it's going to be too tight I was like nah I like it tight and then I remember looking back at the thing and I was like oh my god that's so bad I think it was like a crop top yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just below the nipples yeah yeah like. exactly so um you're learning something new every day innit? so I was like okay 2XL now um, but yeah, it was kind of more relief, like for me, because you're there, like looking, and like a minute goes, and that feels like a forever, you know. And you're like, oh my god, I'm not gonna get on. Like I just wanna, just wanna get out yeah, there, you know. Hi, I'm Sarah Byrne, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line, available on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, TuneIn, Deezer, and Google Play. life away from rugby then you got your dog your French bulldog yeah what's his name Brody Brody yeah how old is he he is four okay so yeah. he's kind of well trained yeah you know, very well trained I mean, he's basically like you say just son and he yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what are you doing away from that as well are you into gaming are you into music do you like to go to the movies uh, what are you doing away from rugby just to- so like I've set up my own property company I just bought another house um, that I'm quite passionate about Mm. Um, that side of stuff like doing up houses and renting is, them out to... um, is that physically on the tools or is it no 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 I'm not I can't, I, can't, I can't be doing that I can't <laughs> be doing that but I've, I've got a, I've got a good mate who's a builder and like literally organises everything for Brilliant. me which is fortunate I'm very fortunate um, what about other sports do you watch oh I love sport? it I love it I love it I love sport I love it so Wimbledon just went mm. cricket boxing Sometimes. love my American sports NBA NFL football obviously so I love sport man like, yeah. I love it like literally I'm just like home Sky Sports News sweet watching all like the, the documentary stuff um, and it's weird like I'm just trying to learn off different athletes you know yeah. it's, 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 it's very interesting like, you can all, I suppose you can always learn from their discipline their mindset yeah. their yeah. approach and those sort of things, you know, particularly the boxers, are so amazingly disciplined. Yeah, aren't they? well, the good can, ones. That's yeah, the you thing. Can take that into your own. Yeah, the way you perform and stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Well. And I just, I just, I, I just love it, man. I just love sport in general. This country's going for an amazing turn of sport. Yeah. At the moment you think women's football. Yeah, exactly. The women's football ago, was on. I couldn't believe it. We lost yeah. and we missed a penalty. Clearly, what's coming up in a couple of months' time? It, the, the nation is sort of primed and ready to go. But for you as a group. How much do you take the inspiration from what the cricket team just done, what women's football have just done? Do you look at them and think, oh, I fancy a piece of that? I yeah, want to be a definitely. It's, it's definitely more, it's like, I want my turn. Like, I want to be on that stage. Like, mm. you're just, it's amazing, like, how much that event. Personally, it's, I've never really watched women's um, football. Mm. My cousin is an unbelievable footballer. She's just signed for Crystal Palace. Right. Um, so I've, I started to kind of watch a little bit over the past few years, but I'd never really watch it. And like, I was glued to it. I couldn't, I was like, who have we got today? Who have we got? Okay. And then like, we were just like, it was crazy when we beat Scotland, we played Argentina, Mm. didn't we? And we were going, well, it just shows though. It just shows like in big, big games, big moments, you know, the differences are so small and like Mm. we ran USA close and then they kind of won that final pretty easy. So 
and you just try and learn from them. You know, it's hard yeah. after to, to try and pick yourself up after you've lost a massive semi final, and you kind of have to play a third place playoff, and it's like, you know, and it just, yeah, it's just you're really, really happy for them, but at the same time, you're like, I'm ready, like, I want to kind of have a crack at this, you yeah. know, and, and how it can just bring everyone together, like, mm. everyone, like, when England were playing. Everyone was watching like the. If we imagine if we weren't like, oh. no one would go to work the next day. It would have been crazy. Who so, cares about Brexit? We, got, yeah. we won the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? But that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is like sports such a powerful tool? You know, mm. like it's such a powerful tool. And like, if kids just had that tool, like if they just had the opportunity to kind of play sport day in and day out, like I, I honestly believe. You know, we obviously see all the stuff with crime and knife crime and mm. gang culture. If they just had something to do. And or like the the pitch they played like wanted to play football on they could actually there was a goal there or there were nets in the goal you know or mm. just little things like that it would drop significantly you know like you just, they just need people just need an opportunity my yeah. biggest thing is just giving not just be one place it's like okay Tootin what's the area like okay they need this here you know mm. and then you find out that this person's really good footballer, he's actually a good rugby player or good at athletics, you know? And it's like, okay, how can we give him an opportunity to better himself and better his life? Like, I was lucky, you know? I was lucky that Colin spotted me playing rugby and then I got scouted, played for Harlequins, then I got to played for Surrey. Then I ended up playing for England under-16s and remember the England under-16 selectors at the time were all from private schools mm. so then a private school were like what school does he go to oh we want to give let, bring him to our school kind of thing mm. and obviously I, I wasn't I wasn't stupid so my grades were decent so that that helped mm. and then once I knew I could go to a, a, such a great school like Epsom College and that that then spurred me on with my schoolwork. I was on it because I knew I had to get a certain grades to get there mm. and then I got a scholarship to go to Epsom College for two years and it kind of changed my life and that's why I want to do as, as well as I can and just like represent really like yeah. that representation being a role model is it quite heavy on your shoulders how do you feel about it oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a work in progress yeah. uh, like you know at times I can do some stupid stuff but as I get older you know hopefully those things will will minimise and it is It is sometimes like when I because I don't really go back that, that mm. often because I like to stay focused but then you kind of realise when you do go back you know like the support you have from the community like we had my granddad's 10th memorial um, celebration so it was 10 years to the day that he passed away and like all my friends like my family were there and like like my family's massive like I've seen cousins that I haven't seen in like 10 years. I didn't even know he was alive. You know what I mean? I was like, what's going on? And like, they just supported me and say, you know, I don't know what rugby is, but I watch it. Like, because you play it. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And then like my cousin, she's doing really well with her football. And like, I try and help her out. My little sister, She's a great rugby player. She mm. she's I, she keep your eye out for that one. Yeah, red, um, rose, red rose in the future. Yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah, she's why playing not? for Surrey at the Green moment. Thing. Yeah, so I definitely think she could be something. And it's just kind of like realizing you've got that support around you, which mm. is like whoa. Like because sometimes, like you said, you feel like you're so alone. But then when I go back home. And then you just see the kind of love you got from your like your people. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like oh, it's nice. There's a lot of people that love you, Carl. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, there's a lot. There's a lot of people that love it. Listen, mate, it's it's been an absolute treat speaking to you on the podcast. Thank you for being so honest and candid. And there's yeah. some. I wish you all the best. I mean, you've got clearly a big event coming up this year, but it feels to me like there's bigger, maybe beyond rugby. You've got you know everything else going on that you're going to be doing as well. Yeah, fingers you? crossed. Foundation. Fingers crossed. That's the thing. And like you've got to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is rugby. And I just want to. Just keep doing well and whatever capacity that is, like for Quinns or for England, like 
you know what I mean, bunks, like if they need me to run out the water, I'll be running out the water as fast <laughs> as I can, you know what I mean? Like I've just I just I just love it, mate. That's it. Yeah. I just love I love being around the sport and like I just want to give pe- other people the opportunity to find out what they love. You're gonna make it happen, yeah. mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers. man. So there you have it, Kyle Sinclair, ladies and gentlemen. Big thanks to Sinks for such a great insight, as well as all the other England lads we heard from on today's pod. If you enjoyed it, let us know. We'd love you to leave us a rating and a review so we know how we're doing. And if this is the first time you've joined us, where have you been? Luckily, though, you can listen back to all three series of our exclusive chats with likes of Jack Noel, Ellis Genge and England captain Owen Farrell. Just search the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line on Aircast, iTunes or wherever you get your pods. The England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line will be back next week. So from me and the team, it's goodbye for now.